Hey guys, welcome back to another Swish Waterlad podcast and another international rugby preview. Obviously, everyone enjoyed this one last week. It was the most downloaded preview show in history. So um, happy to be providing you guys with the insight that you guys want to hear. And again, we have the panel have joined us again, Surly and Tojo. Welcome, lads. Thanks for having us, lag. And last week, we gave the lads a little bit of pure sport. Um, I think a little bit of clarity and got some good feedback from the listeners saying how clear um, both Surly and Tojo were. Um, I got some raps on how boosted my energy was. So uh, we're going to try it again, um, try some of these tablets today. We've got some pure sport mushroom complex. Now, apparently this is really good for anyone who has a head knock or anyone who wants some brain health or brain function. Are you going to have one of these as well, Tommy? Yeah, I'll go for it, mate. What have you got today, Surly? You usually treat us with a wee surprise, or are you just going to go for another double dose of the oil? Yeah, another dose of the oil. Jeez, I went big last week. I'll tell you what, I was buzzing for a few hours post that one. The missus wasn't too chuffed with my chat, but I'm glad the podcast turned out all right. I could barely remember it by the end of it. Happy days. Jeez, it did look like you had a fair amount of it. But also, we need to thank our sponsors, Swish. Uh, for helping bring this episode to you. And if you want to go get a swish, a couple of guys who I reckon would be great shouts at the moment, Peter Gasoa Kula and Lester Fanganuku, both debuted exceptionally well in the weekend. So um, they're both on swish. And, of course, it's an unreal cause. 70% of the proceeds do go to Kiwi Kids Charity. Surly's on there. I'm on there. Um, go get one from one of us if one of those big guns don't stand out to you. But um, get amongst it with the code what a lad, and I'll leave a link in the description if you do want to go check that out. But anyway, we will get into the footy. Let's get into the actual games, and obviously the big game that we need to talk about is the All Blacks versus Ireland. Sold out at Eden Park, and the All Blacks put on an absolute clinic. Probably to your surprise, Tom, you're tipping Ireland in this one, but um, the man who sees rugby was brought back down to earth. Yeah, no, back to reality for Tojo the tipster, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the purple patch of form is uh, well and truly over. Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I, I think um, the All Blacks were good. Um, they, you know, they played pretty good footy, and the, the scary thing is they're only going to get better as, as the tour goes on. But um, I was a little bit disappointed with Ireland. I don't think they played particularly bad. I just think that's probably the level of where they're at, and unfortunately, it's a it's a different grade of rugby to where the All Blacks are at. Yeah, you could just tell the difference between the strike power of both sides. They eh? like Ireland had to really work for any points that they got, and then any sort of turnover, the All Blacks just capitalised and scored pretty much straight away. Scored those three quick tries were after being under the pump for that first twenty minutes, and it almost was game over straight after that. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, Ireland couldn't have started any better, really. Um, you know, about 15 minutes into the game, I was thinking, oh, jeez, I go good. <laughs> but um, no, as you say, like, All Blacks, half a sniff, try, try, and yeah. then it was. It was game, set, match before um, before halftime. Mm. What do you make of it, Surly? Yeah, I thought it was a good game, fun game to watch, like you mentioned, mm. some good All Black tries there, pretty exciting. Um, I think the key turning point was the Johnny Sexton HIA, like we mentioned last week, that he was going to be key to their hopes. And for, for the first 20-odd minutes, they looked good, and a lot of that was off the back of him. So that was a big loss for the Irish side, and I think it took a pretty clear like hit to their confidence as well, and they just didn't look the same after that. And then those three tries right before halftime probably put the game away, and you just knew the All Blacks weren't going to lose from there. 
Yeah, it was an interesting one. And what did you make of the All Blacks? Who, who stood out for you? I thought they were really sharp. Eh? I love the way in particular that uh, phase play. I noticed Aaron Smith hitting that kind of third pod runner, just getting a bit wider. Helps with that rush D that we mentioned last week as well. In terms of standouts, I thought Whitelock was great. Um, Ardy, he was unreal, obviously. I thought Rico was really strong on D. Didn't get many opportunities on attack, but... He really stood up on defence, and that's an area of his game that often comes under scrutiny. So I thought he was good there. And then I thought the two wingers, and then Quintupire as well. So quite a number of guys. I don't think anyone played poorly, to be fair. Yeah, I think that's the thing, eh? You look across that whole team sheet, and nobody really had a bad game. But the one person you did mention who stood out and was a clear lad of the week when it was Adi Savia, man, he was he was in beast mode again, and he was someone no one really we didn't really talk about him too much in the preview. We sort of forgot about him a little bit, um, having not played in the back end of the Super Rugby Finals. But man, he just showed how good he is. He is one of the best in the world, without a doubt. What do you make of his game, Tom? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Everyone's just kind of come to expect those types of performances from Artie. So when he goes out there and does something incredibly freakish, it probably doesn't get as much hype as mm. it deserves. Um, but, you know, as, as you said, like he's, he's an outstanding player and, you know, you, you really see, see him have a bad game. Yeah. And the one position that surprised us a little bit was um, Scott Barrett named at six. But, man, he was massive in that game and uh, showed the selectors why he was picked there, eh? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a good um, option in, in, in the future. He's a big, massive bloke, adds a little bit, of, little bit of physicality in that pack with a line-out option. I think it's something they'll probably seriously consider moving forward. Yeah, obviously not this week with the injury to um, Sam Whitelock, but what did you make of uh, his brother Bowden Barrett Surly? What did you make of his perf- performance? Yeah, I think he was strong again, and obviously there's lots of debate coming into that about him and Richie, but how lucky are we again to have both of those guys, and yeah, Bodie never misses a beat, and behind that, that forward pack that was getting dominance, that's when he plays his best footy. Every time he's got the ball in hand, he's just so electric, and you never quite know what he's going to do, so he just keeps that opposition guessing. I thought it was another really strong performance from Bodie. And, yeah, I think it resulted in some great tries, just that tempo that he plays the game at. Yeah, and a great little nudge for Quintupire. He saw space well, and like you say, yeah. he's, he's so gifted. He executes pretty much everything he tries. So uh, I agree. I thought he was awesome. Another thing that impressed me, not just in that game, but also the Moldies game. We didn't mention it last weekend, but some of these refereeing performances, I'm I'm a big refereeing fan at the moment. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit. These are huge games. I thought Wayne Barnes in that Mouldy game was world class. I think he's clearly the best referee in the world. He's so composed, so controlled, and he really lets the rugby flow. And it's all about the rugby, not so much about him. And I also thought um, Carl Dixon in the weekend, I thought he controlled that game really well as well. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Carl Dixon, you know, ex-player, ex-number nine, um, not so long out of the game. I think mm. he retired maybe five years ago. So he's got a really good feel of the game and kind of gets um, kind of gets the emotions and stuff. So I, I think he, I think he done a really good job. And I'd agree with Wayne Barnes. I think he's he's at the top of the list uh, throughout the world at the moment. So pretty lucky to have some good referees on show. Yeah, it makes such a big difference to well when you're watching the game. Uh, another game which was. Had a little bit of controversy around the referee. Was Australia versus England? A um, couple of big moments in that game. What'd you make of this game, Surly? 
Yeah, I think it had a bit of everything, to be fair. I thought Aussie looked pretty dominant for the majority of the game, and England kind of brought it home late to make the scoreline look a bit closer. But you mentioned the controversy, the red cards. Man, you could tell from the moment that that started in that mall that that was going to escalate. Eh? Just two big fellas. Once they started elbowing each other in the head, I thought, here we go. And then out came the headbutt, and I think it was summed up best. Michael Hooper just trying to convince the ref it was two yellows. He knew what was coming. And much to Aussie's defence there, they managed to hold on and just and keep the English from really making the most of that one-man overlap. So I think it again shows that there's a real art to playing with a guy up. And then, yeah, in the end, I think Aussie were the better side and they deserved to win. Yeah, what do you make of that red card? Oh, for me, when you if you're getting your hair pulled, I feel like that's going to hurt probably just as much as that weak headbutt did. Eh? It's just sort of the action of the headbutt, which is so frowned upon, but... Um, if someone's pulling your hair, I feel like that should almost be a red as well. Thoughts? Oh yeah, it's such a tough one, eh? Like yeah. for me, it's it's a good reason not to have long hair. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. you, as a player, we all know that you can't lead with the head, yeah. so it's just something that you just can't do. I yeah. know it's it doesn't hurt or anything like that. You just you just can't do it. Yeah, no, it was it was dumb, but it definitely did change the game or the dynamic of the game. Obviously, didn't change the result because. Aussie, like you said, were far too good. But oh, there's just that rule around the guy who's retaliating seems to get in all the trouble where it should. I feel like there should be more focus on the initiator because obviously, if someone punches you, you're probably going to punch them back unless you're unless you're a wee mouse. But <laughs> like the, only the retaliator really gets the harsh punishments. Yeah, no. I mean, personally, I'm a big fan of the wind up and run away, but uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's a bit rough for uh, the retaliator. Yeah, well, you used to wind up Colsey. Yeah, he used to chase you, trying to fish hook you. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's probably not so smart, is it? But they obviously had that tactic going into that game. I felt like his sole mission was to wind that guy up. So yeah, it was interesting. and Typical typical kind of tactics there and of course if you're going to bait a fellow big fella they're never going to stand down but like you said I think they just called it more on the intention rather than the result the English lock kind of just laughed it off stood there and appealed to the touchy straight away so it does have a big effect on the game but well in the end Aussie were just way too good and it was good to see the English in a bit of trouble yeah it'll be interesting to see if they go with the same sort of tactics again this weekend and trying to get under their skin and things like that because um, could definitely be another game which ends up having a fair bit of niggle in it again. But the other game we we, we spoke about last week, South Africa versus Wales, and we were quite we we're all expecting quite a big win here from South Africa. But Tom, what'd you make of this one? Yeah, um, I got this one a little bit wrong. I, I thought South Africa would be comfortable winners, mm. um, but this Wales side they were good. Um, they started the game really well and scored. I think they were up nineteen three at half time. Mm. Um, South Africa were a little bit rusty. Um, they they didn't play such good footy. You know, it was a sold out stadium at Loftus, so you know it was awesome to see the the crowd involved. But um, this one was full of controversy as well. I know we were we were talking about the referees before, but um, there was three yellow cards, penalty try. You know, there was a bit of action. So if you if you haven't seen this game, it's probably probably worth a watch. Mm. But um, no, South Africa came back, um, scored a couple of late tries. And um, towards the end of the game, Wales were, I think they had 13 men and it was two minutes to go and they were were down by five points and they managed to drive over for a rolling mall. Um, Bigger missed the kick 
to to win the game, and then South Africa got a late penalty. So true. No need to watch the game. I've just given, <laughs> given it all away for you. <laughs> there you go. Spoilers but, alert. Uh, <laughs> right. But, no, it was it was it was a good game of footy, and uh, this Welsh team um, is a very strong side. So I think um, I think they'll be more than competitive next week. Yeah. Sort of frustrates me watching South Africa with how little they play rugby, though. Eh? They box kick so much ball away. Um, they've got the likes, the backs are dangerous. They've got one of the most electric wingers in the world and Colby never touches the ball. He's just kick chasing and yeah, it frustrates me a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, I mean, I guess they're one of those sides that are never really going to put, put a team away. Yeah. Um, you know, that's always going to probably be a close game and they did that in the second half. They went to their set piece. They got two rolling mall tries mm. and then an- another penalty try, you know, and that's what they do. They do it really well. So you know, whatever wins games of rugby at the end of the day is probably the best way to play. Well, that's it, and that's what they're doing, and they just scraped home there. Surely another game we talked about was Fiji versus Tonga. Now, you tipped Tonga in this one for some reason, but um, well and truly wrong, 36-0. What you make of it? Yeah, I just got got the old, saw the Tongan back line and thought, holy, they're on here, yeah. but clearly you need a forward pack as well, and that's where <laughs> Fiji well and truly bit them up. Um, this dominated really, took it to them on attack and D. And once you give the Fijians a sniff, like they were just getting go for it the whole game and kind of everything just fell into place for them. They started throwing those offloads. They were getting the bounce of the ball every time. And once you're on the back foot against them, they'll make you pay. They scored some amazing tries. Those big names still look quite good for the Tongans, but they didn't get many opportunities. Mm. And a lot of the time it was off back foot ball or kick return. So... Yeah, a, an impressive performance from the Fijians, and yeah, I got this one very wrong. Mate, and there's one player from the Fijian side who we've been talking about all Super Rugby. He, he showed that he was right up there on the international stage as well. Absolute freak, Harbossi. Every time he touched the ball, he was just gone. So electric, so strong. Man, he is world class. Yeah, and I think he just, again, ticked that box. He doesn't just do it at Super Rugby level. He does it at international level, up against some big names in that Tongan back line. So, man, there's so much talent in that Fijian team. Like, on their day when they turn it on, in front of their home crowd like that as well, they'd be hard to beat. Yeah, and I think what Drew has done is obviously um, grow on that Fijian game massively. All these guys have had experience at Super Rugby level. They've grown so much depth from the season. And like you say, I think they're going to be right up there come this Rugby World Cup next year. They've got so much talent. They're, they're a side you probably won't want to be playing in a in a knockout game, to be fair, eh? Yeah, and if you're going to turn the ball over against them, they'll make you pay. Like a few times they went the length of the field there. A couple missed lineouts when Tonga were hot on attack and it resulted in seven points down the far end after only two or three phases. So they'll chance their arm, and if you make mistakes, they'll make you pay. Yeah, and they've still got some of the best players in the world to come back, and Tua Silva and um, Radraja as well. So, um, so much talent, so much depth in that squad. Another game we want to speak about is Samoa. Their good win over Aussie A. Um, what do you make of this one, Surly? Yeah, this was another upset, I thought. Um, Samoa looked pretty good, and to be fair, Aussie A didn't really fire a shot in the first half, but they started to play some footy in the second, and I thought they were going to come away with the win, to be fair. An exciting finish. I think three minutes to go, she was all tied up, 26 all, and then the Aussie side looked to play a bit of razzle-dazzle rugby, roll the dice from inside their 22. They threw an intercept, and it cost them the game, so... It was an interesting one. I thought the Samoan set piece held up really well. Their maul and scrum 
kind of got the better of the Australians for a large period of the game, which I was really surprised at because it was an Aussie A side with plenty of good names in it. So mm. big win for Samoa. Yeah, agree. I thought it was a massive win for Samoa. So I think even like we spoke about Fiji Drua, what they've done, I think Moana Pacifica and growing some of the depth in the Samoan rugby as well um, has been massive for them. So a very good start for Samoa. The other game, France versus Japan. What was the rundown on this one, Tommy? Yeah, I won't go into too much detail on this one, uh, <laughs> taking up half the podcast here. Um, but no, France France were just too good for Japan. Um, they're always going to be. Look, this is a very good French side. Um, obviously not at full strength, but um, you know they had too much firepower to get the job done. And Japan's reasonably competitive, but um, no, I think they won pretty convincingly, 41-23, wasn't it? Mm, I think you're spot on there. And Canada, Belgium, give us a quick rundown on... Um, your Belgium 19 combo. Yeah, look, a pretty disappointing shift for the lads, to be <laughs> fair. I don't think they were ready for their wet conditions over there in Nova Scotia. And then 4,412 Canadian fans really rolled up for this game. So yeah, it was just a bit overwhelming for the Belgium boys. But maybe if they get them back on home turf, they'll get the win. But yeah, wet conditions didn't go their way. Mm, fair enough. And Argentina, Scotland to finish. This was the only game I got wrong of the weekend. I thought I sniffed an upset from Scotland, but I was wrong. Yeah, no, nah, uh, Scotland fielded quite a young and experienced side. Mm. Um, it was a pretty close game in the end against a, a tough Argentinian side away, mm. sold-out stadium again. Um, but no, nah, Argentina were just a little bit too good. I think um, they, it, with maybe 25 minutes to go, it was all tied up, and then Argentina scored a a late try and uh, managed to get a, a penalty to take it within over a try. Mm. He's loving his spoilers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the game's already gone, mate. <laughs> oh, but we will get into the preview side of things. We have chewing up quite a bit of time going through some of those results that some of you won't even care about. So uh, we will get to the big stuff of what is the All Blacks Island game this weekend. So um, obviously it's at Foresight Bath Stadium which is a massive plus. We've spoke about it throughout the Super Rugby previews that any game at the stadium turns out to be a classic. They're all good games there. Conditions are going to be perfect, obviously, and it's always the tempo, the ball speed of the game is always really quick, and I think it might suit the way Ireland play with Jamison Gibson Park clearing that ball super quick. He's always fast as to that breakdown, so it might suit them a little bit, but um, I think it will also play into the hands of the All Blacks strike power and um, just the speed of the game and the backs that they have and um, the ability to play as well. So I think it is going to be an interesting game. What do you make of it, Tom? How do you line them up? Yeah, no, I love I love games at Forsyth Bar. It's going to be an entertaining one. Um, the speed of the ball, nice strike conditions. I think we're going to see a lot of tries um, and we're probably going to see a lot more from the All Blacks than we are Ireland, I think. Oh, big call, big score predicted. What about you, Surly? Yeah, I just think this, again, will just show the All Blacks' ability to score tries from nothing, you know, perfect conditions. The Irish, they probably need to work a bit harder for their tries, so I think this has some razzle-dazzle All Blacks written all over it. Maybe Will Jordan late to carve them up, but I do think the scoreline could be a little closer because I am expected a a pretty spirited Irish side that'll be pretty fired up because the media hasn't been too kind to them this week. Would you be going unders or overs? This is a tough one, I reckon. Jeez, I'll probably go overs, to be mm. fair, because I think that there, there will be some points scored, but I don't think the Irish will allow the All Blacks to have it completely their way. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards overs as well. But 
Uh, the team's obviously been named. Uh, only change into the starting lineup is Scott Barrett goes to lock, Dalton to six. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think it's right. There was a few combinations that they could have gone with and lots of debate about it this week. I think a few people wanted to see either Akira there at six or you could go Peter Gus at eight and Artie at six. But I think in the end, it's just a reward to Dalton for his form throughout Super Rugby and many were calling for him to be starting in that first test anyway, which was never going to happen. But now he gets that nod in the second test and I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes because this is his shot to make a big statement that he can be a six. Yeah, I agree. He's got a huge opportunity here. Obviously, Scott Barrett took his opportunity last week um, at six. So um, Dalton's got a chance here to really step up and um, show that he's good enough to be the starting blind side as well. Obviously, Ethan Blackhead is out injured, so these guys have real good opportunity to um, put their hand up there. And I, I'm loving the sort of explosiveness on, of Dalton's game. He, he's looking really explosive with ball in hand and uh, all his collisions look really explosive as well. So I think playing under Foresight Bar Stadium might suit him as well. Um, and the bench, Tom, obviously a few changes on the bench. Fakatava. Rossi comes in, Aiden Ross, and Will Jordan comes back. What do you make of those guys? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be exciting to see Fakatava get an opportunity. Mm. Obviously, at uh, Forsyth Stadium, where he's played a lot of his footy this year. Um, oh, look, I see him coming off the bench and having a real impact when uh, when the game's a little bit broken, a little bit a little bit tired, maybe oh, the Irish defence. So I can see him making uh, a huge impact on debut. Um, yep, good to see Will Jordan back there as well. Um, he's he's obviously he's obviously a class class rugby player. We all know what he can do, so um, it's nice to see him getting eased back in there. And I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, make some impact off the bench. And you did you deliberately skip out Big Aiden Ross there? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as as we know, it's not an area that that I know too too much about. But nah, no no hard feelings, Big Aiden Ross. But I'm, I'm sure you're doing going to do a hell of a job on the scrum. Yeah, and I guess well, I think one of the reasons they might have chosen him there is his mobility. He's he's a very mobile uh, prop, so um, foresight bar usually a bit quicker. Obviously, conditions are going to be dry, so um, having him in there, mobility off the bench compared to like a Carl, who's obviously a very good scrummager, but not the most mobile prop in the game. I think that might be the advantage they've taken there with Aiden Ross, who's your highlighted player, Surly. Oh, I think I'm going to go with Dalton just because of, of everything that's kind of fallen into place for him this weekend. He's in for a huge game. I think a lot of people underestimate like the work that he gets through in-game, so I'm excited to see how he compliments Artie and Sam Kane because there's three guys that will have huge impact on this game and they'll be into everything. So I'm excited to see how that trio goes and hopefully he can carry in that super rugby form because he was unreal. Mm. Utah? I've gone for Leicester. Um, I think he'll be better for the run under his belt. Um, probably didn't get as much ball as he usually would um, during a game last week. So I think he'll he'll um, he'll be looking forward to getting stuck into it this weekend, and um, we'll see what kind of a force he is with ball in hand. Mm, I like that. Um, who's my highlight player? I haven't even thought of one yet, but um, maybe Quintupaya. I think he's going to get another good opportunity at twelve um, to put his hand up. Um, I thought he was really good last weekend, um, probably better than I expected him to be. I thought he was real strong with ball in hand, defensively really good, um, and took took his opportunity with both hands. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing how he goes again this weekend, and 
Um, he has another big game, and it's going to be really hard for Davy to try and get back into that 12 jersey, even though I thought maybe Davy might have got an opportunity this weekend if he was fully healthy. But it was pretty hard to deny Quinn of another opportunity after how well he played in the weekend. So um, that's the person I'm looking forward to seeing out there this weekend. But we'll quickly go through the other games as well, uh, maybe just a score prediction instead of a um, full rundown. But Aussie versus England, what are we expecting here, Surly? I think the Aussies will get them again. I think it'll be another tight encounter, but I think that they'll be too good. Aussie 1-12, to 12, is it? Yeah, probably in that 1-12 to 12 margin. You, Tom, same? Nah, nah, England, oh. England will get up. Jeez, you say that very confidently. Yeah, no, I'm pretty confident about yeah. this one. They have to. They're uh, they're under a lot of pressure. I think Eddie Jones is under a lot of pressure. Um, I haven't seen the lineup yet, but I think they're going to make some changes there. Wouldn't be surprised if I see Owen Farrell at ten. Oh, um, Marcus it, gone already. Oh, I think so. I think so. And you know that pack got beaten up. That mm. was a little bit of an embarrassing mm. performance from England. I thought last week for mm. for a big hearty pack, they couldn't beat a 14 man side. So I'd be very surprised if they don't get up. <laughs> Wow, I love your big, bold predictions, but I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Aussie. I think they were obviously too good in the weekend, even with 14 men. So, And that was with Quade Cooper pulled out last minute in the warm-up as well. It'll be interesting to see if they go James O'Connor or stick with Lollisier at 10. I'd like to personally see James O'Connor get a crack if he's fully fit, ready to go. Um, I know last weekend he was doing uh, – kids days in the morning and then Q&A's five minutes before kickoff and then having to run down and chuck the boots on and play so it'll be interesting to see how he is this weekend after a full week's prep but I would like to see him named at 10 but um, we'll leave that to the brains and Dave Rennie. The next game South Africa versus Wales what are we predicting here? Yeah, I'm jumping ship. I'm going. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going northern oh, hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Um, I'm going for the swash side. I thought they were really good last week, um, and you know, I think they they were the better side, and they were just a little bit unlucky not to come out on top. There's been a few changes in the South African side. It just shows the depth that they have. But um, no, I reckon the Welsh side will get up for it. What about you, Surly? You jumping northern hemisphere with Tom as well? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go against them again here. I'm going to stick with South Africa. I think they still managed to find a way to win despite not playing amazing footy. So I expect them to be much improved this week. So, yeah, 1-12 to 12 again. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm 1-12 to 12 as well. I don't think South Africa, like we mentioned before, can't won't really beat teams by too many points with the way they play. They love that arm wrestle. They love... Uh, the malls, and you've really got to dominate the team up front if you're going to um, beat them by a lot of points. But I'm predicting South Africa to uh, just get the job done again. Next one, Argentina versus Scotland. I picked Scotland last week, but I think I'll be changing back this week. Uh, Argentina, I thought they'd be rusty last week. I thought they showed a little bit of rust, but they were too good, and I think they'll be better this week for it. So I'll be sticking with Argentina here, yeah? Yeah, sticking with Argentina. I think Scotland have left a few flew a few players behind, so um, I think their squad's going to be pretty much the same, and I just think Argentina will be a little bit too good. Mm. Surely? Yeah, full house, three from three. Argentina, too good. Oh, there we go. And a couple of tougher ones to finish. Fiji versus Australian A, who obviously will be disappointed with their game last week against Samoa, but, Jesus, Fiji side's pretty hot. Yeah, look, I've been a massive fan of this Fijian side, always rated them, um, knew they were going to be way too good for, for Tonga last weekend, so uh, I'll be sticking with Fiji, of course. Yep, day one Fijian, and, and they'll be too good. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think Fiji will be way too good. Um, watching, way too good. That's yeah. huge call oh, against Aussie A. Watching, was, you watched that <laughs> Aussie A game last week. Like <laughs> Their skills are atrocious. Like, I'm, I don't know. I just I just can't see them getting up. I think Fiji will have way too much firepower. Even with Hodgie. Oh, Hodgie. Oh, <laughs> You're touching on my heartstrings there, but um, no, Fiji, Fiji for me. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm going to go Fiji, but I think it'll be closer than you guys are predicting. I'm predicting 1 to 12. Uh, the next one, Samoa versus Tonga. I think this will be an interesting one too. Uh, hard to sort of line them up. Obviously, Samoa beat Aussie A and Tonga got smashed from Fiji. So you'd have to think Samoa would be relatively hot favourites. But that Tongan back line, if they get some decent ball, they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going Samoa. I think they're, they're too well drilled. They actually look pretty good mm. in the weekend. Um, you know, their set piece was functioning pretty well, and, you know, that's half the battle for these sides. So, um, yeah, I'll go Samoa. Mm, Andrew Goodman's got their attack running real hot. What are you going here, Surly? Yeah, I think the Samoan forward pack will be too good for the Tongans. We saw Fiji dominate them there, and I thought that Samoan pack did really well last weekend, so I'll go with them. Okay, there you go, punters. Enjoy some of those predictions. Um, I think most of us are picking, other than Tom, me and you, Surly, another Southern Hemisphere whitewash. Um, Tom's got two Northern Hemisphere teams in there, and, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, going to be another good round of footy. But before we go, lad of the week predictions, Surly, who are you going? None of us got Artie last week, but I think this weekend's our chance. Yeah, this is tough. I'm I'm tempted to go with Sam Kane just because of all the crap he's copping in no. the media, and I I think it's unfairly too. And he, he gets through a mountain of work, man. Even that, in that game on the weekend, he was outstanding, and then all of a sudden he's copping it again in the media, especially over there in the Northern Hemisphere. So I'll get behind the All Black skipper, mate. That would be so good to see him win Lad of the Week because you're right, he's copping it. I mean. Um, obviously he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago Every post I put up he, I seem to be copying it about how crap he is But man he's so good And I thought he played really well in the weekend People are calling him Mr Invisible And like the old Reuben Thorne sort of thing But man not until you play with this guy You realise how hard he hits And how much work he actually gets through He's, he's a beast So um, it would be good to see him win that But I'm not picking him I'm picking Geordie Barrett I think Geordie Barrett's going to have one of those games For the ages um, under foresight bar, goal kicking 100%. He did it last week. I think he'll do it again. And I think he's just going to have one of those magic performances at the back. Tom? Yeah, great shout. Um, I've gone, I'm going to go Leicester. Leicester fly, I'm going to mm. go. I think, you know, as, as I always say, everyone loves a try scorer. I can see him sneaking over for two, maybe three tries. <laughs> wow, there we go. Two Ooh. or three tries from Leicester. England win. Wales win. There you go. You've heard it. You've heard it here first. That's a multi. <laughs> Some big calls there, multi. boys. Some huge calls there. But uh, we can reevaluate those calls next week. But um, as always, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, thanks for listening if you've tuned in this far and you've got through some of those uh, review part of that show. So I um, appreciate you guys for listening. If you enjoy it, give it a share. Um, and if you want some pure sport mushroom complex that, geez, it's got us going good through this um, podcast. Um, go get yourself some of that with the code WATERLAD20. Anyway, lads, appreciate it. Cheers, mate.